0: This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media.
1: Well, we've begun our return and we're ready for it. Uh, We've begun returning to some of the patterns of life that are familiar, that some of the children have started to go back to school. And we have cafes opening up and some of the bistros around the city. Uh, We can gather as families. We can have a small group of people come to our home. And we can gather as, as groups in the church as long as we're under 10 and there's social distancing. We're ready for a return. And we all have the sense that it's a bit of a journey that's in front of us. This theme of return is an amazing biblical theme. God has a passion to lead us in that return. But His desire is not just to take us back to where we were, before the troubles started. His passion is to take us all the way back before the first troubles started. His passion is to return us to the center of His love. And in the Scriptures, we see this pattern repeating and this amazing promise of return. It's a part of the story of God's people, and we want to learn the significance of this part of our story and live in its wisdom. That's why, This series is called Return. In the Scriptures, when God's people got into difficulty, when they disobeyed, when their their, uh, lifestyle of walking with God got sidetracked and they began to live selfishly, they would find themselves uh, disrupted, uh, exiled, in captivity. And in those places learned with God and then the amazing invitation of God to come home. We see it when the children of Israel were uh, in captivity in Egypt and God leads them on an Exodus. We see it when they were uh, sent into captivity uh, by, by the Assyrians and then in Babylon. And God calls them home and leads them on an amazing journey of return. And we want to spend some time learning the lessons of how it is that God would lead us in this journey Of return. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture today from the book of Jeremiah. It's chapter 31 and the verses that will be read out are in two paragraphs. As you listen to these verses, listen for the first paragraph which is set in Egypt and the second paragraph which is set in Babylon. An exciting thing is happening in these these verses because the people are in Babylon, in exile. They're in the midst of their troubles, hoping to go home, waiting for their return. And the first thing that Jeremiah does is remind them of what God said when they were in Egypt, when they were in slavery. And so it begins by saying, this is what God said to us in the past. And then framing up that perspective, he says, and this is what God is saying to us now in Babylon. Have a listen to these wonderful words of promise as God assures us of his love and welcomes us to make the return journey with him as our shepherd.
0: Today's reading is from Jeremiah 31 verses 3 to 11. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness I will build you up again and you will be rebuilt, O virgin Israel. Again, you will take up your tambourines and go out to dance with the joyful. Again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. There will be a day when watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim. Come, let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. This is what the Lord says, sing with joy, for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping and they will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will ransom Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they.
1: So in that, passage of Scripture, we spent some time in Egypt listening to God's amazing promises and then standing in Babylon with the exiles listening to God's amazing promises. And we, as a, as a Christian community, are about to write another chapter in that story. We are sitting here in Melbourne, sitting here in Australia, reflecting on this season of disruption and all that has, has come to us, and we have begun our return. And we want to reflect on the incredible promises of God. What did He say when His people were in Egypt? What did He say when His people were in Babylon? What will He continue to say to us today as we journey with Him? There are many promises in those verses of Scripture that we've just read and very encouraging words. Three of the promises that I I really enjoy. It says at the very beginning, I have loved you with an everlasting love there's an anchoring promise that God keeps repeating no matter where we find ourselves, in distress and, and, and distance from Him, I have loved you with an everlasting love. His second promise, a great throng will return. He's, he's giving them a vision of what will be. And in this return, there will be a, a lot of people and there will be singing and rejoicing and there will be evidence of His faithfulness. And the third promise that, uh, from those verses that I really find encouraging, It says that the Lord will shepherd his flock. Uh, He will shepherd his flock with care. And those promises are what we want to hold on to through this season because God's promises will help us to return well. It's an exciting thing to think about returning to a place where things are much better than they have been in this recent period. But a return involves two serious challenges. And the first of those challenges, we need, to, we need to negotiate a wilderness. When God's people are called to return to their home, on each occasion, they have a, a journey, they have a, a time of awaiting and wrestling and working through issues, and that's exactly what we've got in front of us right now in 2020. We want to return, but oh my goodness, this season of uncertainty, this time of insecurity, uh, th- this this season where we feel the losses and we are wrestling to move through. And have you felt yourself wanting answers? Would somebody tell me when I can do what? Would somebody tell me when these things will be resolved? And this is the wilderness. This is this experience of needing to walk through a season where we don't have the answers, but we have the promises of God. And our passion is to negotiate this, this wilderness well. And we have the resources in our Christian faith. When the Hebrew people were called out of slavery and and led by God to the Promised Land, they had a season in the wilderness and they did not negotiate it well. And we can learn from their experience. When Israel was called back to Jerusalem, uh, called out of Babylon, called out of captivity, they had to wait for that promise to to be fully realized. And, And then they had a long journey and an arduous experience re-establishing themselves in Jerusalem. The wilderness is real, and we should ask for God's help in this season and trust in His promises to negotiate it well. It's the most natural thing to be feeling the insecurities and the uncertainties, but it won't help us to rush ahead of ourselves. We need to be patient with each other, and we need to be listening and learning and taking this journey together. And we're going to grieve. And I want you to know that we have permission to grieve. And we're going to feel like grumbling. And I want us to know that we do not have permission to grumble. That was the thing that got the Israelites in such difficulty in the wilderness, following Moses' lead, but constantly frustrated. Now, we do have permission to grieve. We have permission to sit down by the rivers of Babylon and weep I'll preach on that passage from the Psalms in a couple of weeks. Weep because of the losses and the hurts and the pains. And and there are losses in this season and things that are are taken away from us. Have you you been following some of the news about singing in New South Wales? They've opened up the numbers and churches can gather in in groups of 50. But the, the advice is that they should not sing. Now, this is a challenge to us as the followers of Jesus and people who love our worship. Do you know why they sat down by the rivers of Babylon and wept? It had to do with their music. It had to do with their celebrations and their song and all that was absent. And we are learning that the coronavirus spreads rapidly in a context where there's a group of people in an enclosed space who are singing. it's, It's because when we sing, we push a lot of moisture out of our bodies. Um, The the droplets fall away quickly, but there's an aerosol left in the air that holds the viruses. And and this comes together for many people's breathing. It remains in the space for for quite a while. And what they're finding is around the world where there have been groups of people who've been singing together for a period of time in a confined space, the the incidences of that virus uh, passing around people is huge. It's something like 70% of the people in those gatherings became infected by the virus. So there's advice that we shouldn't sing. Now that makes me want to sit down and weep. And what else will we have to negotiate in this season as we, as we find our way back to gatherings, you know, with, with, with significant numbers and, and socially distanced? And this is not going to be easy. The wilderness is never an easy space. But I want you to know and remember and, and root it in your thinking that God has promised us. I, I, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And a great throng of people will, will return. And, and I, will, I will care for my people, my flock, like a shepherd. These are the promises that anchor us. And we have permission from God to grieve and to grieve well, to wrestle with these things and care for each other and carry us along on the journey. But we do not have permission to grumble. In the story of the Exodus the Hebrew people stepped into the wilderness and they wanted to get to the promised land as quickly as possible. They wanted to resolve the issues and be where they wanted to be. And they found the journey so difficult. They, they, they grumbled about God and they grumbled about Moses and Aaron and they, they grumbled about each other. And in all that grumbling, they, they, they became angry and, and frustrated with each other. And, and Moses lost his temper. And, and the consequent of that is all of those people lost their privilege of return. The entire generation was held in that wilderness until none of them who had left uh, Egypt were alive to enter the promised land. It's possible in the wilderness to lose our privilege of return. And that's a shocking thought. That's why we want to spend some time reflecting on this theme of return, claiming God's promises, welcoming his strength, and taking this journey well. We don't want anyone to lose the privilege of return. We want a great throng of people. So we need to make some promises to ourselves as we take this journey about how we will live in obedience to God. Because it's challenging to take this return. It's challenging. It involves negotiating a wilderness And it involves, second challenge, embracing something new. We are returning and it's exciting, but make no mistake about it, we are coming back to where we have never been before. We're we're returning, but it's not a a matter of, of getting into the same comfortable place. When I moved to Australia from Canada, Uh, As we settled here and years passed, people would ask me the question, will you go back? And it has always been a challenging question and, 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 you know, wrestling with how to answer. And along the way, God gave me an answer that really helped me to process things. When people would say, Alan, will you go back to Canada? I would say, never, not possible. I might go forward to Canada, but I can never go back. Because what is behind us is, uh, no matter how comfortable, no matter how great the memory is, it it is a part of the history that will shape us going forward, but not not a place that we can live in. We need to think of ourselves as a people who are, are always on this journey with God going forward to the home that he has for us. So, yes, we'll come back to a place where we've never been before. In... Uh, Jeremiah's uh, chapter, chapter 31, down a little further from what we read today in verse 22, it says that the Lord is creating uh, something new on earth. And that is what the people leaving exile and returning needed to understand and to learn. The wilderness shapes us in readiness for the new thing that God is doing. And the challenge for us as the people of God is to embrace that new thing, to embrace what God is doing that might be be challenging for us. As we've been walking through this season, uh, addressing the challenges of the pandemic, there have been some things that have happened that are gains, they're good things, and and we think we need to hold on to this. Uh, Technology and our digital uh, knowledge has, has accelerated Uh, It wasn't that long ago that many of us were uh, at one level and and now we're using technology in a much better way. We want to take this with us. It's affected families. It's affected businesses. It's affected the life of the church and how we can serve God's mission. There are gains in relationship. So disruption brings some some of these possibilities and opportunities. I've talked to so many families that have enjoyed the experience of sitting together and sharing as a family. Parents who are just thrilled to spend more time with their children. And and kids in a family who are getting to know their siblings in a different way. And everybody has the same story. It's it's hard, you know, it's challenging. But but there are gifts in this and we're, we're learning and we're gaining. And, and God is doing a new thing. And we want to enter into this and embrace it and celebrate it. Some of the gains are beautiful. But disruption... Also brings some things that we don't know what to do with. It, it, it stirs up some things that frighten us. The economy has been disrupted, and th- that is perplexing and worrying and confronting. Uh, travel has been disrupted, and we don't know how long that will be or what that will look like. The church has been disrupted. The way we are able to worship God together and the way we are able to practice our mission—it's been disrupted, and and. It's possible to lose nerve in this season. And that's why we need to be reassured by the promises of God. I, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And a great throng will return. And I will shepherd my flock. I will look after you like a good shepherd. These promises will sustain us. And we need to understand that God uses disruption in incredible ways. In a few weeks, we'll hear a sermon from the book of Habakkuk. And Lance will teach us about God's providence and the way that God takes hold of disruption with both hands and twists it to serve his mission in incredible ways. That will happen in this pandemic season. Eugene Peterson speaks about one of the challenges that we face as human beings when when we are confronted in our discipleship and challenged in our faithfulness. He says that there are three sources for our troubles, the devil, the flesh, and the world. Sometimes the evil that confronts us, it's just so black and white, it's just so real. We look at it and we say, that is wrong. And and we have the sense that it comes right from Satan himself. Sometimes the evil is is very personal and the wrong is in us and we know that's, that's me, that's my choices, that's my weakness. But the sins of the world, they are the ones that are hard to identify. The evil that is stirred up by by Satan and the the failings of our flesh, these things are hard to resist and hard to grow through, but we can identify them easily. The sins of the world, it's really difficult. These are the ways in which we fail God by just doing what everybody else is doing. These are the ways in which we get off course of God's mission by simply being an Australian, doing what Australians do. And, And these sins, sins of the world, are hard to see. Sometimes we, we've got a vague sense that there's something not right here, and we but we don't know how to change it. We don't even know how to describe it or identify it. When a massive disruption comes along, it tends to expose all kinds of things. This is a season in which we can look more deeply at our roots. This is a season in which we can ask questions about the families that we have become. Is this healthy, the way we're living? Does something need to be addressed? This is a time in which we can look at the church and the way we do mission and the way we're organized and say, is is this right? Are these these the best ways and the wisest ways? And here's, here's the promise. God is creating something new on earth. So the challenge is to embrace that something new, not to fight it, not to long for the comfort of where I was. We're coming back to where we've never been before. And we have the promises of God to sustain us and to lead us. We're going to spend some weeks thinking about many different parts of the Bible that address this this beautiful privilege of God with us in the return. And we're going to learn, and we're going to deepen our faith, and we're going to take this journey well. We've begun our return. And God wants to take us not just back to where we were a little while ago and when it was more comfortable. He wants to take us right back to the center of his love. He wants to take us back to the Eden experience. And as he invites us on this journey of return, he wants us to to negotiate the wilderness and to learn and to grow. And he wants us to embrace the new thing that he is doing. His promises will help us. And our promises to ourselves, promises to each other, Promises to God will anchor us for this journey. I want to invite you to make some promises. I want to to invite you to, to say with strength of spirit, I will be there rejoicing in that great throng that returns. I'm not going to sit down in tears in the wilderness and never get up. I'll have a cry. I will grieve, but I will get up and keep moving. I will not get lost in all the confusion. I will rehearse the promises of God and I will take this journey and I'll be there in that great throng who return. We have permission to grieve. We do not have permission to grumble. I want you to make a promise to yourself and to others around you. I will not grumble. Uh, Turn to the people who are there with you in your family space. I want to shout out to the the, the guys who record this each week and uh, I want to say to Kent, uh, and, and to Hamish. I will not grumble. Uh, what about you guys? I will not grumble. There we go. That's, that's the promise that we want to make to each other. And uh, just imagine being a part of a church community that says, yeah, we'll grieve, but we're going to stake our lives on God's promises and we're not going to grumble. Uh, we can learn from the Israelites and their walk through the wilderness And we can can walk into something exciting and new and take hold of it. Make some promises to yourself, to those around you, and to God. I will let God shepherd me in this season. I will celebrate the fact that He has loved me with an everlasting love. And I will be there rejoicing in that great throng when we return.